Welcome to episode 17 of the Ball Street Podcast, now available wherever you get your podcasts and at Ball Street Pod on Instagram and Twitter. There's an old proverb that says a man's got to make one bet a day or else he could be walking around lucky and never know it. We'll see about that. Let's get started. possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. You don't know where I've been, Lou. Oh, my God. You can spot the sucker in your first half hour, and you are the sucker. You're busy living. You're good busy dying. I always tell it. Even when I lie. A lot of game. A lot of hustle. Come on. We've been doing it. What is up, my Ball Street elites? Yes, my essential workers. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 17 of the Ball Street Podcast. I feel like a wolf howling at the full moon. It's a nice 3.50 in the morning here on August 6th, Thursday morning or Wednesday night, however you refer to this. And I'm, of course, as always, in the recording studios of the Ball Street Podcast, which is my car, the Jeep Cherokee, in the abandoned parking lot in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Where exactly? Who knows? Who cares? Kind of sketchy right now. It's 3.50 in the morning. It is a barren, deserted wasteland in this parking lot, and I'm just by myself recording this podcast. I feel the juices flowing, and I'm feeling excited about this podcast. I'm feeling extremely excited about this podcast. I'm howling at the moon. Everybody, look up at the moon, even though you might be listening to this in the morning, and just give a nice, yes, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. An exciting week of sports. God, did you miss this? I miss this. I mean, I know I ranted last week about how we had sports the whole time. We've had UFC, we've had golf, which we have more coming up on. We just wait and listen for Jake's takes later on in this podcast. But now we got baseball and basketball. It just seems like we're almost back in action. I got a whole lot about it, but I want to start it off with our headlines first. And the headlines that I want to talk about come exclusively from the basketball bubble. Now, for those of you that know me by now, which I feel like all of you must, you know that I have adopted the Dallas Mavericks as my go-to team in the NBA. Since the Knicks are a constant stream of disappointment throughout my life, since the Madison Square Garden is the cemetery for my hopes and dreams, I have since adopted the Dallas Mavericks. Why? Because Christoph Porzingis was my guy. He got traded to, uh, to the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban... IU alum. I've been on rants about this uh, about this on this podcast before, but Mark Cuban, IU alum, I ride and die with my Hoosier guys. And then on top of that, we have a young emerging superstar who I have been on since the day he was born. All right, maybe not that, but at least three years before he was in the NBA, I said one thing and one thing only. You can go back on my old podcast, the Lennox podcast, where me and my brother talked about this guy and used one word to describe him. And that word is prodigious. And who is this prodigious talent that I'm talking about? No, I know your first guest must have been Tim Hardaway Jr. No, 
I know your second guess must have been Trey Burke. And as much as I love Christos Porzingis, I'm not talking about him either. No, I am talking about Luka the Duka Doncic. The bubble has been outrageously entertaining. Outrageously entertaining. And the Mavericks have not started off that hot. But we are about to talk about a person, a basketball player, in his second year in the NBA. A 6'8 point guard from Slovenia. A prodigious talent. A 21-year-old assassin. And why are we going to talk about him even though the Mavericks are starting off in the bubble 1-2? and two? I'll tell you why. On Tuesday, August 4th, the Dallas Mavericks notched a win in overtime against the Sacramento Kings. Okay, Sacramento, solid team, nothing to write home about, right? Overtime, cool win, nothing to write home about, right? Well, in this game, Luka Doncic did something very rare, especially for a player of his age, especially for anybody in the NBA in general. Luka Doncic recorded a stat line of 34 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists. Now, of course, like most things Luka Doncic does, it gets swept under the rug. If LeBron James did this, it would have been a frenzy all across the United States, all across the world. Everybody would have been losing their collective minds over LeBron James' stat line. But no, this Slovenian notched 34 points, 20 rebounds, 12 assists. Now, I'm going to quote an article to get it right. Luka Doncic is the second to reach the milestone of 30, 20, and 10 in a game this season. Denver center Nikola Jokic put up 30 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists versus the Utah Jazz in February. However, the last two people before that to do it were David Lee and DeMarcus Cousins, and they are the only players since the merger to record 30 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists in a game. Magic Johnson is also on this list, but he notched 30 points, 20 assists, and 10 rebounds. This is an exclusive club. This is when you start mentioning names like Wilt Chamberlain, probably the greatest stat pattern in in NBA history. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar might be the greatest player in NBA history, up for debate after Michael Jordan. And Elgin Baylor. These are the guys that we're putting in this stratosphere. This isn't some fluky thing that's that anybody can do. One person just gets hot one day and notches this stat line. This is something that only unbelievable all-time talents like David Lee can do. Luka Doncic as a 6-8, 21-year-old point guard from Slovenia on the Dallas Mavericks notched this stat line and it needs to be talked about because it is special what this kid is doing. And it goes on more about what I said last week. I went on the rant last week about how Anthony Davis should be the Lakers candidate, the Lakers representation for the most valuable player in the NBA award because it certainly should not be LeBron James. Anthony Davis is the best player on the Lakers. Anthony Davis could be the best player that LeBron James ever played with. I said all this last week. I'm not going to repeat the rant. Go back to episode 16 and listen for yourself. But the fact that people are not mentioning Luka Doncic that seriously of an MVP candidate is sickening to me. This is a guy who was drafted onto a terrible Mavericks team. Granted, they got Kristaps Porzingis while he was on the team. But since then, he has transformed them into a playoff team while averaging this year 29 points, 
nine and a half rebounds and 8.8 assists per game. That blows LeBron James' stats out of the water. And I get LeBron is on the best team and Giannis is on the best team in their given conferences. But look who he is surrounded with. It's Christos Porzingis and just a medley of role players. And they're well coached, but Luka Doncic is the straw that stirs the drink. Without Luka, this is not a playoff team. He is a difference maker. This guy's incredible. But that's my Luka rant to start episode 17 of the Ball Street Podcast off. I do want to transition to another member of the Dallas Mavericks, who I've mentioned a lot so far in episode 17, is Christos Porzingis. And Christos Porzingis in the bubble, and all the time really, is making me laugh. I love Christos Porzingis. I think he's sensational. I think people give him a very hard time. He's a bit of a polarizing character because of his stay in New York, which really wasn't his fault. It's mostly irrational Nick fans drawing conclusions on stuff that they have no idea about. That's the Christos Porzingis experience. And Nick fans ended up hating Christos Porzingis for no good reason other than he did not want to suffer under horrible management for his whole career, like we've seen happen to players like Stefan Marbury, Carmelo Anthony, his mentor, who we'll get into in a bit. Knicks fans hate Christoph Porzingis for no reason other than he was misunderstood and didn't want to suffer and get the bad breaks and be a fall guy to Knicks management, which has happened over and over again. He was a fall guy to Knicks management under Phil Jackson. It's just more of the same. I don't even want to talk about Christoph Porzingis's production in general. He's been very, very good in the bubble so far. However, I want to talk about Knicks fan Twitter because they make me laugh. So in my opinion, what could have been the greatest game of the bubble was the Houston Rockets-Dallas Mavericks overtime win for the Rockets. They won 153-149, to literally looked like an all-star game out there. The Knicks combined for like 90 points. The ex-Knicks, I should say, combined for like 90 points. But Christos Porzingis had himself a day during this game. He notched 39 points, 16 rebounds, 2 assists. On 13 of 26 shooting, 3 for 8 from downtown. Just great stats all around. But Nick's Twitter, every time Christos Porzingis is dominating some headlines, playing well, they always have to look for the negative. Because when you're down in the dumps and you're in the gates in the pit of hell, you want to drag everybody down there with you, including Christos Porzingis, who has traded up his situation in such a massive way. Knicks fans see Kristaps flourishing and they want to drag him right down to the New York Knicks bottom of the barrel, bottom of the bottom depths of hell that we're in. So Knicks Twitter fires up a storm saying that, yeah, he notched 39.16 rebounds and two assists on 50% shooting, but it was a loss. Meanwhile, in the game that I just referenced, the Luka Doncic game, Against the Sacramento Kings, the overtime win, Christos Porzingis notched 22 points and 8 rebounds. A solid game. By any, by, by any definition of a solid game. However, if you read a little bit more in depth in the stat line, he went 6 of 18 from the field and 0 for 7 from downtown. And in a win, where he contributed 22 points and 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and he fouled out, which is another little bad notch on his belt... Knicks fans worked themselves into a frenzy 
He, he played his role. He shot the ball. He extended the court. And ultimately, they came out with a W. But the Knicks fans have to drag him down and say, yeah, but he played like garbage. So what is it? If he plays well and he loses, it's about the loss. But if he plays not as well in a win, it's about the stats. You can't have your cake and eat it too, Knicks fans. Get it together. Just because we're miserable doesn't mean everybody needs to be miserable. That's the secret of life. I feel like Knicks fans don't understand this concept. Just because we are miserable doesn't mean everybody has to be miserable. Only LeBron James has to be miserable. That's the only thing I want. But let's move on to another ex-Nick. Very Knicks-centric bubble going on right now. And this is an appreciation part of this podcast, a Ball Street appreciation for Carmelo Anthony. Washed up, old, fat Carmelo Anthony. Or at least that's what everybody was telling me, right? No. Bubble Mello is as good as I've ever seen him. This guy is a killer. He's an assassin. He's been hitting clutch three after clutch three. He is playing his role in Portland to a T. He is the perfect teammate perfect role player for CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard for once in his career he is not the single focus of an offense and they're kicking the ball out to him in wide open spaces and he's draining shots Terry Stotts has finally implemented a system that can best use Carmelo Anthony in his aging process where he doesn't have to be relied upon to do everything And he's contributing in a major way. And I just go back to all of these people that were so on board of the mellow hate train. And I want to just give them a giant from a rooftop, a giant from the mountaintops, a giant. Fuck you. Mellow is back, baby. I swear to God. I swear to God. If the Portland Trailblazers manage to sneak into that eighth seed, and they play the Lakers in the first round, and Melo and Damian Lillard and CJ and all my guys beat LeBron James and the Lakers in the first round, real tears will come out of my eyes. I will actually cry. And if you double down on that, and they make a unreal, unbelievable championship run, the run that Melo has always deserved, I I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I might move to Portland. I might move to Portland. I know I'm a... I'm a Dallas Mavericks Knicks fan, but I've also been on board the Damian Lillard Portland Trailblazer train for a while now. And now that they have Carmelo Anthony, it's tenfold. I might just be a Portland guy. I might just be all Portland. I might be a Portland Timbers fan. That's soccer, obviously. I mean, Ball Street elites know that. The essential workers that listen to this podcast know about the Portland Timbers, obviously, MLS. Even though if you gamble on the MLS, you're just a loser schmuck like me. But... Nonetheless, Carmelo Anthony, I need to see him thrive and thrive in a major way. But speaking of people that get buckets, like Carmelo, like Kristaps, like Luka, it's a very big, like this is what I love about the bubble. The bubble has been an epic stage. An epic stage for basketball, but no, not just basketball. An epic stage for something that I love. For someone who has been following me for years knows this term, and I've been saying it on this podcast over and over again, and I don't think I've quite explained it, but I often reference it, and it's called a bucket guy. The NBA bubble has been able to put a stage out for these incredible bucket guys, and I am tickled pink about it. 
You may think that somebody who fills up the point statistic on a box score is just your everyday average bucket guy. But that's not really what a bucket guy is. A bucket guy is a purpose. It's a soul characteristic. It's a soul motivation for some people. In order to become a bucket guy, you have to know nothing else besides getting buckets. You are just a bucket guy. Like as much as Luka Doncic gets buckets, he's not a bucket guy. He does too many other things. He's too concerned with wins and uh, getting his teammates involved, as is Christos Porzingis, as is Melo. They've always been great leaders. There's been great examples of great leaders who get buckets. Tracy McGrady is like this. Kobe Bryant was like this. Michael Jordan was like this. These are guys who could fill up the points statistic in a box score, but they were leaders of teams. They were more concerned with wins than getting buckets. Bucket guys is a mentality. Bucket guys... Their sole purpose on this earth is to get buckets. Bucket guys is Michael Beasley saying, when did you feel the hot hand? And he says his birthday, the day he was born, January 9th, 1989. Like, I've never not felt the hot hand. You put a basketball in my hand, I'm going to get a bucket. When they drink coffee in the morning, they are drinking coffee and getting buckets. That's their mentality. When they're doing a podcast, they're doing a podcast and getting buckets. They're only thinking about one thing and one thing only at all times, and that's getting buckets. The reason why I bring this up is because the NBA bubble has brought a stage to these bucket guys, and I want to give a quick shout-out to two incredible bucket guys who have emerged as some tremendous bucket guys who don't get enough shine. One is is a skyrocketing superstar of the bucket-getting category, and that's TJ Warren. If you haven't heard about this guy, he's been sensational. Nothing short of sensational. He dropped a 53-burger on the Philadelphia 76ers and said, this isn't a fluky thing, and doubles down and goes back-to-back with two 30-point games for the Indiana Pacers. Everybody thought Victor Oladipo would steal the show for the Indiana Pacers, but no, it was TJ Warren. The guy was has been incredible. He, he's been a bucket guy for a minute now. He just doesn't get the shine and uh, he was with Phoenix the year before when he was uh, before he was with the Indiana Pacers, and he was still getting buckets over there too. So spare me with where did this guy come from? This guy's been getting buckets for a minute now. Another one, another emerging true bucket getter is Gary Trent Jr., another Portland Trailblazer. This guy has just been an emerging star of the bubble and an emerging star of the bucket getting variety as well. So I wanted to give those two shine. But the bigger picture here, the bigger picture of the bucket getting is that it's going to lead us to the segment that we do every week and I'm renaming it for this week and it might be a permanent name change who knows we're still going to honor the late great Jerry Stiller but we're also going to honor another late great another all-time great another one of my favorite people that's ever existed not the truest form of bucket guy but one of the greatest bucket getters in history and this week's segment will be called the Jerry Stiller Kobe Bryant Memorial First Team all bucket guys line up. Start the music. At point guard, standing at 6-4 from the University of Arizona. Gilbert Arenas! 
Now, this is somebody who is teetering the edge of the bucket guy and the team player. But in my heart of hearts, I know, you know, everybody knows that Gilbert Arenas prioritized bucket getting more so than anything. People forget about the legend of Hibachi, the Gilbert Arenas story. This guy was a true blue bucket getter. So he is the point guard of the Jerry Stiller, Kobe Bryant Memorial first team all bucket guy lineup. At shooting guard, standing at 6'5", from the University of Michigan, Jamal Crawford! Rain City. Rain City has a long list of bucket-getting people, but none more than Jamal J. Crossover Crawford. I've been on rants and raves on this very podcast talking about how much I love and appreciate Jamal Crawford, how great of a Nick he was, how much fun he was to watch with the Knicks. I think Jamal Crawford is a better teammate than most bucket getters, but make no mistake about it. This is a bucket guy. Sad to see him get injured very early on in the bubble. I was more excited to watch him. Hopefully he gets better soon. At small forward, standing at 6'8", from North Carolina State University, TJ Warren! And if you need some clarification on this, if you need to know the reasoning, Rewind the tape about three minutes. TJ Warren is a bucket. He is just a human bucket. He might as well have a net as a face, because that's all he touches. He's about his buckets. TJ Warren, big time bucket guy. We're going to move on to power forward and center, and these two are co captains, captains. They are the end all be all for all bucket getting things. So at power forward, standing at 6'10", from Kansas State University, I think you know where this one's going, Michael Beasley! Just just rewind. Go back to episode 16 of the Ball Street Podcast. He had a whole lineup for himself last week of Michael Beasley's greatest moments. Michael Beasley is the very definition of a bucket guy. Every word that comes out of his mouth is about getting buckets. Listen closely. If he says hi to you, he's not saying hi to you. He's thinking about getting buckets. He doesn't care. He is just a human bucket getter. And since this is the bucket getting list, obviously it's a small ball lineup. And that's going to bring us to our center. At center, standing at 6'9", from St. Patrick High School in Elizabeth, New Jersey, Al Harrington! And I'm just going to let the legend do all the talking for me. Here's Gus Johnson. Harrington three, and buries it! My name's Al Harrington, I get buckets! His name is Al Harrington, and he gets buckets. He doesn't play in the NBA anymore, but he still gets buckets. All he does, his whole life, his life's purpose is that of getting buckets. That's what Al Harrington does. And that's going to conclude the Jerry Stiller, Kobe Bryant Memorial First Team All Bucket Guys lineup. We got some honorable mentions as well. First one being Baron Davis, true bucket guy extraordinaire. Rewind the tape on him. This guy was just a walking, talking bucket ever since his days in high school, all the way through UCLA, to his days in the NBA. Guy was just a bucket. Nick Young, that's a guy who literally thinks of nothing else besides buckets. Even when he was dating Iggy Azalea, he prioritized buckets over her. 
That's a Nick Young thing. To keep the Rain City bucket guys going, another honorable mention was Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson literally was the human microwave. He was an electric factory, and he was a walking, talking bucket as well. Zach Randolph, he's like, I'm going to get you your buckets, and I'm going to do nothing else. I know it's a very Knicks-centric uh, list, but I think one of the requirements of being a bucket guy is like, if you played and got overpaid by either the Knicks or the Sacramento Kings in your career, you're a bucket guy, essentially. So Zach Randolph's one of them. Jerry Stackhouse, rewind the clock a little bit. This guy was one of the great bucket getters of all time. He averaged 30 points in a season one year. He gets kind of lost in the depths of history, unfortunately. He's incredible. Jerry Stackhouse, honorable mention. And last but not least, Mount Vernon's finest, New York, Westchester, Ben Gordon. UConn. This guy, his whole life, just revolved around getting buckets. And that is the conclusion of the Jerry Stiller Kobe Bryant Memorial first team all bucket guys lineup. So let's move in to another segment that we do every week, and that's Jake's Takes to get your gambling fix. Okay, so I'm going to be 100% frank with you guys last week. I might have half assed Jake's Takes a little bit in the NBA bubble. I went ice cold. I shot 0 for 4. Big, bad notch on my belt. I'll take that in stride. I'll take full responsibility. That's my fault. But I'm not even talking about basketball this week. Not even concerned about basketball this week. This week, we're going to shift our focus to the PGA Championships in San Francisco, California. And I got some picks that I want to give to you. Now, first, I want to say that you can never go wrong betting on Brooks Kepka, especially in majors. This is a guy who doesn't show up to the regular tournaments. If he's having the round of his life just out of coincidence, he'll take it and he'll run. But for non-majors, he's a guy who's already wealthy, but majors, this guy shows up. He's going to try and win that purse. He's going to try and win that trophy. He's going to try and win another major. So to win the PGA Championship, Brooks Kepka currently going at plus 1100 You got to take that value to win. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Take him top five because we're going to get into why I think he won't win in a second. We got a value play alert. Sound the alarms. Sound the alarms. Value play alert. Value play alert. Value play alert. We got a value play alert. Jordan Spieth to finish in the top 40. Not to win, not to finish top five, top 10, top 20, top 30, top 40 is going at even odds. People are sleeping on Spieth. My guy Spieth, where is all this hate coming from? Has people forgotten about how good this guy is? Three, four years ago, you couldn't bet against him in a major. He couldn't lose a couple of off tournaments here and there. And you're just going to mark my guy out like that in the top 40, no less? This guy came back from quarantine playing some good golf. Take him top 40, paying out even, put 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 the mortgage on it. Put everything on it. He's going to finish top 40, but he's not going to win. And you may be asking yourself, why is he not going to win, Jake? How can you be so sure that he's not going to win? Well, let me rewind the clock about five or six years. Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, at a local radio station called WIUX, where I hosted a morning show 
two times a week. My first great radio moment in the year 2016 was when we were approaching the weekend of the U.S. Open. And I remember it was a sloppy, gross weekend. Forecasts were looking terrible. And I said, this is the time for Dustin Johnson. Everybody's going to be a level playing field. Everybody's going to be sloppy. All the short game is going to be ruled out. Dustin Johnson struggles with his short game. That's his number one thing. But he drives the shit out of the ball. Chicks dig long drives. Chicks dig the long ball. Dustin Johnson, Dusty Cokes, personifies that. He's got the hottest wife, Wayne Gretzky's daughter, on the tour. The hottest wife on the tour. He's just a guy you could trust. He's gotten in trouble. He's a regular dude, just like me and you. I just got the feeling. I got the feeling. I got my Dustin Johnson feeling going. This is a Dustin Johnson weekend. Dusty Cokes going at plus 2,300. I'm on it. I want you all to be a part of it as well. Throw your money on Dustin Johnson to win the PGA Championship this week. That's going to conclude Jake's Takes. Now let's move on to our Goat of the Week. Goat of the Week. Goat of the Week this week goes to no other than LeBron James. And he's the Goat of the Week because I I, want to send him a very big congratulations on all of his team success. He let us know this week how important it was that his team, an emphasis on the team, accomplished and clinched the number one seed in the Western Conference. He said that by saying, and I quote, they said I couldn't do it. I'll enjoy this one. They said I can't do it. Now, I don't know who said this. (laughs) I don't know who said he couldn't be a number one seed in the West with a superstar team being the second best player on his roster, as I said many times. Like, I think that LeBron James's cockiness would be kind of cool if he wasn't so insecure about everything. Like, why is he so concerned about what people said? This isn't like a Michael Jordan and I took it personally. Nobody said this about him. Nobody was saying, hey, LeBron, if you got Anthony Davis on your team, you can't be the number one seed in the Western Conference. Contrary to that, he was an overwhelming favorite to win the Western Conference this year in Vegas. So what are we talking about? This is delusions. (laughs) It's crazy. Are we forgetting the fact that when he didn't have Anthony Davis last year, the Lakers struggled mightily? He didn't even make the playoffs. He faked an injury for 20 games just so he wouldn't be held accountable for their non-playoff run. But now he's got Anthony Davis. He's balling out because he's the second option on Anthony Davis, who's playing the best basketball of his career. And they're the number one seed in the West. And I just wanted to give a giant congratulations to our GOAT of the week, LeBron James, our GOAT of the week, for all of his team success, all of his team success, not all of their team success, all of his team success. He's made it very obvious that it's his team success. It's his notch on his belt. So congratulations to our go to the week. LeBron James on his team success. LeBron James, go to the week. Okay, you hear that. That is our final bell. And you know what that means. It is time for my final thought of episode 17 of the Ball Street Podcast. I feel like I've said episode 17 of the Ball Street Podcast a lot. 
But I just want to let you guys know what it is. I'm just your your regular guy host, Jake Lennox, sitting in the abandoned parking lot at 4.30 in the morning in Bloomfield, Connecticut. It's episode 17. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I don't think there's one person in the Eastern time zone more pumped up to be doing what they're doing at 4.30 in the morning than what I'm doing right now. August 6th, great day, great day. But my final bell comes to you, and I want to talk about all this fluky, weird stuff that's going on in sports right now. Not fluky, like I don't want to go on my rant about how I think that every champion deserves an asterisk if they win the championship this year. Like that's a, that's a rant for a different day. That's going to come championship season. And that really is going to be dependent on where my biases lie at the time. If it's like the Mavericks or the Trailblazers versus the uh, the Bucks and the Trailblazers win the championship, I'm going to be like, no asterisk. But if it's like the Lakers versus the Bucks and the Lakers win and LeBron makes it all about himself, big time asterisk, big time asterisk. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm not going on that rant right now. That's a different rant for a different day. The rant that I want to go on right now is about all the weird stuff that is going on in sports right now. I'm talking about in baseball, the cardboard cutouts, the virtual fans, the NBA bubble, the pumped-in sound, and I'm here to tell you that I love it. I don't love it permanently. I don't want there to be no fans for the rest of time. I hope that we can conquer COVID completely. How do you like that alliteration? Conquer COVID completely, and one day we can go back to our sporting events and our concerts and be in public places and go to bars and watch games and talk to girls and do this, this, and that. But for now, in the time period that we are living in, in this COVID crisis time period that we are living in, it is so appropriate to completely immerse yourself in different weird situations, like the virtual fans, like the pumped in sound noise, like the cardboard cutouts, People hitting home runs and hitting dogs in the stands. I love it all. I think it's so funny, weird, cool. This is coming on the heels of a rant that I went on last week about the Kraken and the anti-fun committee just not being able to look on the bright side of anything. And me, as you know, I'm an optimist. I'm a happy guy. I'm just a regular dude. I like to drink beer, rock flag and eagle. I got a point. But the anti-fun committee just doesn't want anything cool to happen. The Kraken comes out and they find a problem with it. They're like, what does the Kraken have to do with Seattle? They see virtual fans and they're like, what is this uh, fluky bullshit that's going on? They, they hear pumped in crowd noise and they, and they refer back to when teams got in trouble about artificial crowd noise. They see the NBA bubble and they're like, this is way too different. Anything different, people just get so uncomfortable with. I don't understand that mentality. And I just go to when in the future, when everything comes back and is back to normal and we're all thriving and surviving post-COVID, post-COVID, how weird and cool it's going to be looking back on this time period in five years and being like, holy shit, do you remember when we had to do that? Fast forward 10 years, 20 years, 30 years if we make it that far. And going back to 2020, the worst year ever if you make it that. And you're just like, remember how weird and cool and awkward and terrible and funny and awesome and all the emotions that you felt in 2020? Watching sports highlights from the year 2020 will be a perfect epitome of how this year went. You will have to look no further than looking back on highlights of 2020 when recounting how 2020 was 
in the future. And I think that's a very cool thing. I think it's something that a lot of people are not grasping. Buy into the weirdness in sports right now because I'm all about it. And that's my message to you. That's my final bell. And that is going to conclude what? The 17th episode of the Ball Street Podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. As always, I will remind you to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Ball Street Pod. That is the at sign, A with the circle, B-A-L-L-S-T-R-E-E-T-P-O-D. Okay, now let's speed it up for the people that do that, that know the drill, that know the drill, that are here every week, that are grinding it out with me. The Ball Street Elites, the essential workers, Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Ball Street Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's at the at sign B A L L S T R E E T P O D. Fuck with me. And then also, you could find me wherever you find your podcasts. Now, this isn't necessarily a message for you because you're listening. You have your outlet to listen to podcasts. This is a message that you can pass on to your friends, your family, the loved ones, the people that you care about, the people that want to see Dustin Johnson win this weekend as much as you and I do to win some money, to win some money. Just, it's as easy as saying, type in Ball Street Podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's how cocky I am. That's how confident I am that they will find my podcast, this podcast, our podcast, our collective podcast, me, the host, you, the listener, and they will enjoy it just like we do. So for them, for my message to pass on to you, to pass on to them, is to tell them that you can find the Ball Street Podcast wherever you find your podcast. And that is going to conclude episode 17 of the Ball Street Podcast. Thank you all for staying with me. Thank you all for listening. So until next time, remember to hedge your bets and you don't gamble to win. You gamble so you can gamble the next day. Peace. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say You're riding high in April Shot down in May But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top Back on top in June I said that's life That's life And as funny as it may seem some people get their kicks stomping on a dream But I don't let it, let it get me down Cause this fine old world, it keeps spinning around I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet A pawn and a king I've been up and down and over and out and I know one thing Each time I find myself Flat on my face I pick myself up And get back in the race That's life That's life I tell you, I can't deny it I thought of quitting, baby But my heart just ain't gonna buy it and if I didn't think it was worth one single try I'd jump right on a big bird And then I'd fly I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet A pawn and a king I've been up and down and over and out And I know one thing Each time I find myself laying 
my face I just pick myself up and get I'm gonna roll myself up in a big ball. 